Welcome to the Relationship Builder Podcast. Dr. Kevin Skinner with my good friend and colleague, Brett Williams. How are you today, Brett? You know, I, I did. I had one of those interesting experiences where I was uh, had been exposed and I ha- wasn't feeling the best. And so I had to go get tested and uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And I'd, you know, just been kind of staying away from, you know, family as much as I possibly could while, while still trying to enjoy time together. But it's one of those times where we're living in this and it's like, uh, how, do you, how do you deal with children? Do you get close to them, uh, your spouse? I mean, how do you dance with COVID? Yeah, the, the good news is I tested negative, but it took about th- four days to get my results back, you know, and that was four days of, you know, time without necessarily working. But boy, I tell you, it was, certainly was uh, interesting around the house of trying to wear a mask as much as possible, uh, just in case. Yeah, yeah, feeling much better. I'm I'm grateful for that. Uh, so anyway. Our, I'm sure our listeners don't care much about Dr. Skinner's health. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, but but that being said, uh, today's topic, I think, is one that uh, uh, something that I go back to my graduate school years where we were talking about the divorce rate. And, uh, you know, so today, really, we're going to be talking about something that's very fascinating. The divorce rate just hit a 50 year low. Did you I mean, you know, who thought would hit a 50 year low right now? Actually, a lot of positive, right? I, I mean, because I, I think that we get so much stuck in negativity. That's one of the reasons why we're actually doing the podcast on the divorce rate. Because, I, I, again, it, it, people tend to follow trend. And as a relationship builder podcast, where we provide the tools and you do the building, we want you to realize that there's actually some reality of couples are staying together. The divorce rate's lower because you were talking about longitudinally now than it's been in 50 years. That's a big deal. I think it's important that we share. There's actually a message of hope here, right? So if you're reading an article that says the divorce rate is spiking during COVID-19, well, stop for a second. Pause, 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 pause. There might be a spike right now, but longitudinally over time, we are hitting an all-time low in number of divorces. 50 years, we're actually lower 
now than we were 50 years ago. That's a big deal. People are getting married and more of them are staying married. Yeah, and I'd say Wendy Wong just because of Chinese. Absolutely. So, so let, let's let's give a little bit of perspective here. Why does this matter? Well, I think socially, people are influenced by what they read, what they see, and and I want to put out the message of there's hope for marriage. There are many benefits for marriage. And if we don't stop and reflect on the benefits of learning how to connect, learning how to bond, learning how to attach, then we're actually going against what Sue Johnson would say our biological biological mandate, and that is to connect. We are built to connect. Happier. Yeah. And, and, and let's speak to this for a minute because this same article gives us something that's a little bit discouraging. And, and that's that less people are actually getting married. So while the divorce rate is going down and those couples are actually more of them are staying together. There's also less people who are actually choosing to get married, which is a whole different dynamic that we probably ought to also talk about. Just the other day. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, what's interesting there 
is a lot of people have said, well, the divorce rate's 50%. Now, now um, even these numbers are not quite telling the full story because that that's over the time they took this. Those people could have divorced later. And so people are saying, well, you know, X percent. Well, the reality is somewhere between 33 to 34 percent of first marriages are eventually ending in divorce, not 50 percent like we've heard for years and years and years. Second marriages and third marriages combined might make that 50 percent because second marriages do and are more likely to end in divorce than first marriages. And third marriages are more likely to end in divorce than second or first marriages. Right. And, and, and so what's, what I find so interesting here is if I, wanna, if I want the news, all right, oh, divorce is spiking, COVID's doing this or COVID's doing that. Well, at the end of the day, we have to look at the facts, the real numbers. And most first marriages, 60, maybe 66 to 68 percent of first marriages are staying married. Yeah. So so what does that mean then? What's our interpretation of this? My first instinct is that less people are getting married, but those who are getting married, you and I were talking about this, they're getting married for a reason, for a purpose. They're they're more committed, they're right? And and, and that's just something that I think we have to step back and look at is what are why are some people staying together and others choosing not to? And, and what I would and what I would say to that is that was a fifty eight percent. So, in a crisis, either we're going to grow together and we're going to bond, or or we're going to blow apart. And I think we're seeing more of that kind of division right now, where we see people coming closer together, bonding, working together, figuring things out. And I've seen that. I've seen you know because uh, you know people are working from home that, that fathers have been able to spend more time helping around the house, helping with the kids, taking the kids places, doing bike rides, whatever it is. And then you have the couples because they're together, they don't know how to be together that much. And and they're struggling because they're they're really trying to redefine this relationship where they have to be in the same house for hours and hours each day where they normally aren't. So I think it's a polarizing effect.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that goes back to something that I've talked about for a long time, and that is the resiliency of marriage. You know, we might not always be happy in marriage. We might not be, you know, always uh, in, in this infatuation place. But as the love deepens, as we get to know each other in more profound ways, the, both the good and the bad, we begin to see this person that is our spouse when we really get to know them, they're incredible. When we get to know their hearts, when we get to know their how they deal with suffering, it's not always beautiful. It's not always exciting. But when you see somebody, and I, I was just talking with somebody who's you know been through a lot with their spouse, and they've had some really hard, hard, hard times with addiction and with painful memories from the past, and, and you've got these couples trying to be together. And when they begin to see the suffering of their spouse, but also the goodness. And I do an exercise with couples. It's a, it's a, uh, what I call couples meditation. And, and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful experience where I have couples look each other in the eye and I go through just literally a mindful meditation. And in that meditation is a sequence where I have them think about their spouse as they're looking them in the eye and think about that chi- that person as a child, watching them play, watching them have fun, watching all those childhood experiences. And as they, as they begin to see this person was once a child, and they begin to feel that experience, it's a really powerful, powerful exchange of seeing this person not as your married spouse now, but seeing them as a child, and what some of their burdens were, and some of their excitement, and some of their joy, and some of their sufferings. And when we really see another person, we're much less judgmental. We're more understanding. We're more forgiving. Yeah. You know, I want to say this. I really believe that in the deepest recesses of our hearts, we all long for connection. And usually it's some life experience that has hurt our desire for connection or made us afraid, what we might call a fear of intimacy, a fear of being close, because I don't want to be hurt. But because we all long for it, 
If you have struggled in your marriages or in relationship, or if you've struggled or if you're currently struggling, I invite you to pause, put down the weapons for just a second. Reflect just a little bit about your suffering and the suffering of your partner, your spouse. We don't have to let COVID destroy our marriages. We don't have to let the tension, the fighting for that often comes from this new environment. We don't have to do that. We can do it, as your couple said. I'm seeing my spouse in a different way. We're interacting in better ways. We can choose that. Love is a choice, dang it. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what you'll find there is your peace, right? I, I, I often say to my clients who've been through a lot of marital issues, sometimes the marriage may not bring a lot of comfort right now, but can you still find your place of peace? Can you find this place where you feel an inner peace because when you're at inner peace, you're more likely to see your spouse in a, in, a, in a different way or a unique way. And when two people are doing that same thing, trying to understand their partner's suffering and their pain, oh, we, we can repair much more rapidly when two people are seeing the pain. If it's one directional, can you still find peace? You can find inner peace, maybe not relationship peace. All right. One uh, final thought I wanted to share just, just from what we've been talking about. Sometimes we hear all of this news. It's bad. It's bad. It's chaotic. It's, it's all of this. If it's doing something to you, tune out from it for a while. Find, find your places of peace. And, and why this matters is I've been reading about uh, this ventral vagus, uh, the heart uh, head connection. When we are at our best, 
when we feel the most calm, the most peace, it's because our head and our heart are connected. But when we're in anxiousness, fighting, tension, arguing, we're in the fight or flight mode. And so to our listeners, if you find that you're, you're not finding a lot of peace, practice getting your head and your heart connected. And, and, and that comes through asking yourself deeper questions. How can I show love? How can I, how can I feel my internal peace? How can I not live in shame or self-defeating thoughts and behaviors disgust? How can I eliminate those so I can actually be better in marriage, be better in relationships, be a better dad, be a better whatever that may be? Take some time and, and, and find your peace so you can be a better you. All right, any final thoughts you have today, Brett? Hmm. I uh, like that idea a lot because, as I've often said as a therapist, there's three things that we teach our clients. One is that you thrive in a safe environment. Then we need to create emotionally corrective experiences, number two. And then number three, then we need to repeat or practice what we just learned to reinforce what has really stood out. So number one, find safety. Number two, good emotional corrective experiences. And number three, practice what you've just learned so you can reinforce it and develop new patterns and new pathways. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Brett, uh, for your thoughts and a great topic today. And to you out there, don't let COVID take away what matters the most. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Relationship Builder podcast with Dr. Kevin Skinner and Brett Williams. Remember, love is a choice. Make it every day.